0: today. Come on, stand to your feet in Jesus' name and turn in the Bibles, in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter number 11. 2 Corinthians chapter number 11. We're going to start reading, I believe, in verse number 22. And I'm going to stop before I get to chapter 12 so somewhere now I'm going to stop so we just see what happens. So 2 Corinthians chapter number 11 I want to start in verse number 22. Are they Hebrews? <clears throat> so am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they the seed of Abraham? So am I. Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more and labors more abundant, and stripes above measure, and prisons more frequently, and death often from the Jews five times I received forty stripes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods, once I was stoned, three times I was shipwrecked, a night <clears throat> and a day I have been in the deep, and journeys often in perils of water and perils of robbers and perils of my own countrymen and perils of the gentiles and perils in the city and perils in the wilderness and perils in the sea among false brethren and weariness and toil and sleeplessness often in hunger and thirst in fastings often In cold and nakedness, besides the other things, what comes upon me daily, my deep concern for all the churches. I'm going to keep reading here. Who is weak? Am I not weak? Who is made to stumble and I do not burn with indignation? If I must boast, I will boast in the things which concern my infirmity. The God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is blessed forever, knows that I am not lying. In Damascus, the governor under Astus, the king, was guarding the city of Damascus with a garrison desiring to arrest me. But I was let down in a basket through a window in the wall and escaped from his hands. Let's pray. Father, we Thank you for this time that we are about to embark upon hearing from the Holy Spirit. Not by might, nor by power, but by your Spirit, says the Lord. Father, in this moment, will you speak to all of us? This is not an individual show. This is not about me. It's not about our accolades. It's not about anything but you. So God I pray that something, Lord, will be spoken through this vessel that will bring great encouragement, inspiration, and a deepness of love and devotion to you greater than before. So, Father, this is only possible by the power of the Holy Spirit. I count it a privilege, uh, God, to be used of you in this moment. So, Holy Spirit, take full control, let every heart be attentive. Let every soul hear your voice today as you are speaking, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can be seated in the Lord's presence. I want to talk this morning to you about a subject, and I entitled the message, Embracing the Journey. Embracing the Journey. Every year around this time, we hear people say things like this is my year or this is my season, this is my time. Of course, there's nothing wrong with saying that, but usually, oftentimes, when people say that, they say it in the context of kind of canceling out the year that they just had because perhaps they went through some things, went through some challenges, and and sometimes the things that we go through Uh, are not always uh, what we want or expected. And so sometimes we don't understand the journey or we don't like the journey that we experience and so the thought process is, I I just need to move forward to 2017 because 2016 didn't work for me. Now, in case you didn't know, we typically do this every year. Every year around this time, I hear the same things, which is to kind of indicate that somehow, even though we don't mean to say this, that that somehow that wasn't my year because maybe God fell asleep on that or maybe something weird happened. I don't want to talk to you today about this thing called the journey because I want you to understand that God has taken all of us to a destination, Your life is not just a life that is on autopilot where there is no captain, no leader that is taking you someplace. I want you to understand today on the authority of the word of God that God is taking every one of you someplace. Now, God doesn't just take you to the destination. Everybody say destination. Because if it was up to many of us you know, we would just want to go straight to the destination. We don't like the journey. You know why we don't like the journey? Because the journey is hard sometimes, right? The journey, sometimes it challenges us. It, it, it causes us to have to stretch our faith. Sometimes the journey is just not pleasant. And, and a lot of times we convince ourselves that I really don't need the journey. God, will you just take me to the destination, Nah, I don't know if God wanted to, he could have just took the children of Israel and he could have planted them right into the land of Canaan, right from the jump. Could he not? I mean, we're talking about a God who created the heavens and the earth. We're talking about a God who opened up the Red Sea. But the question then becomes, why didn't God do it that way? Why doesn't God do it that way with your life? I mean, God could, if he chose to, he can make your life one big bed of ease. He can construct your life in such a way that you would have a smile on your face every day that everything would go just as you planned. How do you know God could do that? (laughs) But he doesn't. He kind of stick this thing called journey. You know, this this little bitty, this little thing he called journey, and he kind of plops that right in the middle of where you are, and where he wants to take you. You got to be careful that you don't make the mistake into not processing and understanding the importance of the journey because the journey prepares you for the destination. I want to say that again. The journey that God is taking you on, it prepares you for the destination, for wherever he wants to take you. And so it's important to understand that in the journey is where you find God. <laughs> it's in the journey of life that you learn how to trust God. It's in the journey of life that you learn how to process right or from wrong. It's in the journey of life that you begin, or, or, or should I say, that God begins to cut off the stuff of your life that has been holding you down from becoming everything that God wants you to be. So it's in the journey of life that God prepares you for the destination. I said this before and I'll say it again. God is always more concerned about the journey than the destination. You are more concerned about the destination, aren't you? Because you, you see, the, you see the you see the land of promise. Right? You see, you see them big luscious grapes. <laughs> you know, you see that land that's flowing with milk and honey. anybody know? What I'm t- y'all talk back to me. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You, you, you see that land of milk and honey, and but that's 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 where I want to go. And all you see and and everything else don't matter to you. And the stuff that don't matter to you matters to God. To you it don't matter, but to God it's everything. So we need to see the journey, folks, as a friend and personal escort toward our destiny. Because watch this. You will not get to your destination without the journey. Some of the things that you went through in 2016, <laughs> it was needed. You say, Pastor, no, 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 Pastor, no way, no, no, no. Uh, how many you believe that God is sovereign? How many of you believe that God holds all power in His hand? Come on. How many you believe that if God chose or wanted to? He can reverse everything and make it just like you would like to have it. He could do all of that, but the journey is necessary. So part of my assignments today is to make sure, here it is, this is what the Holy Spirit is giving me today for you, is to make sure that, 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 that you don't miss the lessons in 2016 that God was trying to teach you. Because if you don't understand the journey, if you don't catch the lessons, you're going to get what I call an extended stay. You know what extended stay means, basically what I'm saying? You're going to end back there, and God will take you through the lesson all over again. Is anybody in the room who God ever took you through that thing all over again because either you didn't hear it, you didn't want to hear it, you didn't get it, you didn't want to get it, and how do we know God never moves on what he wants to do in your life? God is consistent. Look at the neighbor and say he's consistent. He's consistently in love with you. God is determined to do in you what he purposed from the foundations of the earth. I like this verse in Isaiah chapter 55, verses 8 and 9. Listen to this verse. Because I want, I want to put your 2016 in context because I know that some of you are eager to leave 2016. Come on, somebody, come on raise your hand if you're eager. Some of you, you're glad. Some of you say, some of you came here saying, thank God this year is over. <laughs> And I don't want you to miss what God wanted you to get because you need that in order to go to the next level. What God puts you through, oh God, how many know that what God puts you through is to prepare you for where he wants to take you? The next level of what he's doing in your life. The expression of how God works in all of our lives is different. We all have a destination in pursuit of heaven, but how we serve God and how we live out the purpose of, in terms of representing and serving Christ is going to be different for everybody. Isaiah chapter 55, verses 89 says this. It says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor your ways are my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and your thoughts and my thoughts than your thoughts. In other words, you know what God's really saying there? That I, we got stinking thinking. That we don't think right. See, our natural default is not to think like God. See, part of what God does, what God was doing in 2016, is, is God wanted to change the way we think. He wanted to change the way you think. And that's why the Bible says, for an example, in Romans chapter 12, it says, Do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So here's what God has to put us through. God has to put us through a process by which we can begin to adopt his mind, begin to think like him. And our ways are not like God's ways. Naturally, naturally. I mean, because if it was up to us, come on, somebody, you would hurt somebody. Come on. If it was up to you, you will you mess some stuff up. So your ways are not like God. You don't think like God, and therefore, because you don't think like God, you don't act like God. And so God got to change your thinking, so then he can change the way you behave. Now, how I many know you can't change the way you behave until first you change the way you think? So part of what God is doing in 2016 is, watch this, is to get you to get the mind of Christ, because you have been defaulted. How many know that your mind and your way of thinking is uh, what can I kind of put this lightly? Do do. Pastor ain't supposed to be saying that on a sudden yet. Dung. Does that sound better? Your thinking is out of bounds. We we do not think. Listen, all of us are are, are poisoned with this thing called sin. And so so we don't think right. So we have to challenge ourselves. We have to to read the Bible. We have to understand the mind of God. We have to begin to meditate on the word of God. Why do we meditate on the word of God? Because we got to think like God. And when we begin to think like God, then watch, all of a sudden, you'll start to act like him. And then people will start to say, take note, wow, look at you, such and such been hanging out with Jesus. How do they know? because you you look just like him, you smell just like Jesus. Can people say that about your life? How me know that he's working in all of us. Philippians chapter 2 verses 13 and 14. I love this verse. It says, "For it is God who works in you <laughs> both to will and to do of his good pleasure." Ah, that's a, that, that is so important. And then in verse 14, he says this, do all things without complaining or disputing. <laughs> oh, everybody say all things. What does all things mean? Yeah, there. God is working. Here's the beauty of, of my life and your life as, as a Christian. I, I, you know, as Christian, we don't usually walk around saying good luck, right? We don't say that. Because we believe in good destiny, we believe with purpose. We believe that God. The Bible says that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. So, how many know that there's no luck here? How many know that God is organizing, pulling the strings of our lives? And so, one of the things that brings me great comfort, and should bring you great comfort, is that we serve a God that is working in us right now. Now, watch this. He's working. Through you in every trial, believe that, in every hardship, in every disappointment, in every heartbreak, God is still working in you. This is why the Bible says that the just shall live by faith because sometimes you don't always feel that way. Is anybody, can you raise your hand if you know what I'm talking about? You, you just feel like God, God ain't there. You just, you just feel like you're alone. You feel like you've been talking, but ain't nothing been happening. Come on, somebody. You know what I'm talking about. But the Bible says that God is working in us. That broken marriage or relationship, God's still working. That loss of a loved one, God is still working loss of a job, sickness, disease, whatever it is. God is still working because somewhere I read that he will never leave me nor forsake me. So God is not with me in 2016 some of the time or was with me in 2016 some of the time. God is not going to be like, okay, I'm with you today, but oh, I'm not. No, how many know that God is much more faithful than we are? Is anybody glad about it? Come on, clap your hand to Jesus. Give him a praise clap. I I don't know about you. But I'm glad he's faithful to me. I'm telling you right now, and I'm not shy about that thing. So it brings me great pleasure because it lets me know that in everything that is going on in my life, that there is some kind of purpose behind it. There, there, there's something in it because if there wasn't, God wouldn't allow me to go through it. I don't know why God let you go through what you, I don't understand. Sometimes, listen, I don't have all the answers, but I know that he's faithful and I know that he is doing something to prepare you for the next level, wherever it is that he wants to take you. And all the people of God ought to say amen to that. It says, but not only, not only do I realize that God is working in me, but look at this church. What is he working in me? What is God working in me? What was God working in me in 2016? The year that some of us was just want to get, get out of. I want, you to, I, want to, I want to get you to kind of reverse a little bit. Can you reverse just a little bit? I just want you to hit that reverse. That on, on that, you know what I'm talking about? And I just want you to back up a little bit. And I want you to park right there in 2016. You don't have to go too far back. Just kind of park it December 31st. Just park it. I just want you to stay in 2016. Because there were some things in that 2016 that you needed to go through. You needed to go through all of that to get to this. Now watch this. What is he working in us? He says to will and to do of his good pleasure. So God working in your life, watch this. Now this is for some folks, you're not gonna like me saying this, but I, I have to say it. Because the Bible says if the Bible says if any man want to come after me, here's what Christ said. He says he must first deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. The fact of the matter is we don't like to deny ourselves. The fact of the matter is, oftentimes we, we like to resurrect our old selves when it's convenient for us. Y'all know what I'm talking about. If you don't believe me, just watch how you act on the on the freeway sometime on 95. You want, how, many of you, how many of you every now and then you, your, your old self want to be resurrected? Come on. How many of you that every now and then you let your old self get resurrected then you have to beat yourself? Get, get back down. Back, 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 back. And so, so God is working in us to do of his good pleasure. So, watch this. So God is working in our lives, watch this, to transfer our dependence off of ourselves so that we can learn to put our whole faith And that's why I kept you singing a song, I will trust in you. Y'all remember that? Because God wants you fully to trust in Him. So everything God does in 2016, God wants you to a point that He don't want you trusting in your checkbook. He don't want you check, listen, he don't want you trusting in a person to provide for you. He don't want you trusting in the refrigerator. He don't want you trusting in the government. He don't want you to trust in your husband. He don't want you to trust in your wife. He don't want you to trust in your mama. He don't want you to He wants you to trust in him first. And so what God does and part of what he does in 2016 is he, he bring us to a point. So because so, he's, he's working, he's working uh, his good pleasure, his will. And his will is that we are most satisfied in him. God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. I tell people all the time, you really want to uh, to really. Find happiness and find satisfaction. Go all out for Jesus. Go all out for Jesus. Because how many know when you go all out for Jesus, now catch this. Y'all ready for this? When you go all out for Jesus, every year is your year. 2017 just ain't your year. 20, how many know that when you go all out for Jesus, every year is your year? Are y'all hearing that this morning. Why? Because because he's in control of it. <laughs> so every year is my year, every year, because God is working in me. Unlike unlike folks who don't have a relationship with Christ, who's trusting in themselves, who's working out their own will. And what God is doing in you and me is he want to take us away from our own will. He said, look, I want you to adopt my plan for your life. Not your plan. I want you to adopt my plan. I want you to want my will more than you want your own. I want your will to take a backseat to my plan. How many of you like those apples? Oh, boy, got quiet in here then. But that's why he says in that verse 14, do all things without murmuring and complaining. Why would he say that? Why do you think God would say do all things without murmuring and complaining? Because it's his show. The Bible says, somewhere I read in the book of Hebrews, I believe, it says that he is the author and the finisher of your faith. He's the one that started it, and he's the one that's going to take you where you need to go. He's the author and the finisher of your faith. So so then, he says, don't complain, don't fuss, because if you don't watch it, you'll start talking about God, you'll start complaining about what God is doing in your life. He says, I don't want you to do that, because I'm going to allow some things in your life in 2016, in 2017, and tw- can, can I say this that every year until you leave this planet is going to be wrought with some challenges. And just because they have challenges, don't mean God ain't with you. Can the church say the amen to that? How many know it's par for the course? Romans eight twenty nine says this: For whom He foreknew he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. Right? What was God doing in 2016? Part of what God is doing in 2016 is working, trying to change your character. How many know that character is important to God? See, conformity to the image of Christ, more than than anything else, because some of us think that God's number one agenda for our lives is how much stuff he gives us, right? We relegate, this is what Christians do, we relegate the blessing of God in our life based upon the stuff that we have. Am I right about it? The more stuff we got, the more we figure we bless. blessed. How many know there's a lot of people that got stuff who ain't blessed of God? Listen, don't measure the success of your 2016 or your years forward by how much stuff God bless you with. Watch this, what is God most concerned about? Now, it's not to say that God wouldn't bless you, but how many know that's not God's number one agenda? God's number one agenda, is that you be more like Jesus as you're headed to your place of destination. So then the question then becomes this. Are you more like Jesus in 2016 than ever before? In other words, let me put it this way. Have you learned how to stop gossiping? Have you learned how to forgive? Have you learned how to control your temper? Have you learned how to stop Using harsh and ungodly word toward other people. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm mean. Have, have you learned, do, do you love your enemies? Yeah, those folks, your enemies, the ones that are after you who want to sabotage your life. Do you love them? In fact, don't just, and, and, and have you demonstrated your love for your enemies? You see? Measure your success. Ask yourself this question. God God, am I more like Christ? in this year in 2016 this is 2017, but I, remember, I told you I want you to park in 2016. And, and, am I more like Christ? Or do I have the same attitudes? Am I still carrying the same baggage in the year after year and claiming, oh, God, this is my year. And how many know that your year is always going to be to do what God told you to do? And, and this, it will be your year to obey. Come on, somebody. <laughs> it's always your year to obey. It's about it's so part of what God was doing in your life and in, in, in today and in 2017, 2016, 2017 and forward. Is to conform you, to change you, so that when people look at your life, they see more Christ-likeness. That's how you measure your growth. That's how you measure your success. Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy 2.3, you can write these verses down before we get, we're almost ready to get to our main text here. Paul told Timothy, you therefore must, everybody say must. Oh, I need everybody. Y'all know what everybody means? Everybody. So everybody say must. Because that everybody don't say must, then that means somebody's rebellion. And if somebody's rebellion, that means God ain't going to bless disobedience. God can't bless when people ain't unified. How do know the blessing of God comes through unity? Y'all get that? When we are one, we are strong. Come on. The, so it's the, everybody say the little things. There we go. It's the little things that God cares about that we don't think is that important. So watch this. He says, Paul said to Timothy, young Timothy, this young leader, young pastor that I think is applicable to everybody. And I don't think I'm taking the scripture here out of context. He said, you, therefore, must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Now, the obvious is staring you right in the face. Paul is saying to Timothy, Timothy, he's saying, Timothy, You gotta look at yourself as a soldier because here's what's gonna happen, Timothy. There's gonna be some some stuff in your baked into your journey that's gonna be hard. In fact, Timothy, it's gonna be so hard, Timothy, you're gonna feel like quitting. Timothy, you're gonna feel like throwing in a towel. In fact, Timothy, sometimes it's gonna feel like all the pressures of life is bearing down on you. But here's what I want you to do, Timothy. He says, Timothy, I want you to endure it. Everybody say, endure. Endure. See? Endure means don't quit when it gets hard. Don't walk away from a journey because, you know, some folks, I believe, whether here or listening by media, there are some people that had such a bad 2016, they have kind of given up on God. I'm done. I'm not going to do it anymore. This is too hard. But God sent me to here today to tell you, don't quit on God. Stay the course of whatever God has assigned you. Stay faithful. Endure hardness. See, the call is to endure. Because as Paul was letting Timothy know, he's letting us know today that your 2017 is not going to be a year with a bed of roses. Your 2017 is going to be the best year of your life because you're going to be the best Christian of your life. You're going to be the best servant because you're going to be dedicated. I, is anybody hearing what I'm saying this morning? I, 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 could, I could preach really nice. Y'all want me to just preach really nice and make you feel good? or You do feel good anyway, right? You still feel good, right? You feel encouraged that God is working in your life? He will endure it. Endure it. Don't quit. Don't give up. Just because in the, within the journey, it gets hard. The children of Israel, y'all remember all that fussing they did in the wilderness? Y'all remember all that fussing? And God just got mad at them. And, and they were going through some stuff, man. And God says, look, God got mad at them because they didn't believe. They, they, in other words, how many know when you, don't, when, you, when you stop believing, you quit? Let me say that again. When you stop believing in God, you quit. Well, I ain't quit. I'm, I'm still here. How many know you, just because your body's here don't mean? Y'all know what I'm saying? The OJs used to have a song. Some of your, your mind is here with me. But y'all don't talk about y'all. No, some of y'all don't know that. I, I'll, I'll leave that there. I know somebody in the back didn't know exactly what I'm talking about. I know a couple of people back there know what I'm talking about. But how many you know just because you're here don't mean that you're here? Just because you're here don't believe that, don't mean that you have faith in God. How many you know there are some folk who come, they're very skeptical and they sit? That's why some folk can sit in the same room, hear the same message, get pumped up, get excited, and change happening in life. The next person sitting right there, nothing happening in them. You know why? Because they didn't believe it. They didn't embrace it. How many know God responds with faith? Y'all are hearing that this morning. Now, watch this. So going to our main text here. So Paul, now I, now you got you to gotta like the Apostle Paul. I, I mean, Paul is such, I mean, one of the people that I can't wait to meet when I get to heaven. I mean, you know, there's, you know obviously Jesus is the apex of everything. It's all about Christ. But Paul was just an amazing man, amazing thinker. He was smart. He was, uh, he was so humble, and he was so insightful that when I read Paul's letters, that no matter what I'm going through in life, I can always find a reason to keep going, looking at this man's life and how he responded to stuff. I mean, Paul was called by God. Think about it. Paul was responsible for taking the gospel to the Gentiles primarily. Primarily, you are here, you and I are here today as a result of the ministry of the Apostle Paul. This man endured a lot of stuff. This man saw the face of Jesus on his his way onto the road to Damascus, trying to persecute Christians. He had an encounter with God. And Paul's life was radically changed. So here's a man who began to have such close relationship with God and he was so close with Christ that, he, 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 that God showed him stuff that he never showed anybody else. In fact, Paul saw things that he couldn't even talk about. In, in fact, let's, let's pick it up and Well, mm, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me go back. I don't, I don't want to go there. I'm going to hold that right there. But I, but I want to read something here in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 11. I'm going to come back to that thought here in a second. But I want you to understand... What Paul went through. Here it says in 2 Corinthians 11, and I read some of this. I'm not going to read all of it. I'm just going to kind of paraphrase. But it says, now listen to this. Three times I was beaten with rods. I was stoned. I was shipwrecked. I was light in the day. I was in, I was in the deep. I was in journeys often. I was always traveling. I was in dangers by robbers, danger by my own people, dangers by Gentiles. In other words, people were trying to kill me at every turn. Paul says, I was in jail a lot. I got locked up a lot of times. And he wasn't visiting nobody. Church, he was locked up. He says, I was hungry. I was thirsty. All of this. Now watch, watch. Paul went through all of that. And, And I don't know about you, but I can see Christians, if they saw the Apostle Paul and, and scoped out his life and saw all this stuff happening in his life, that somebody would probably say, "Brother, you must be deep. Must not be walking with God. Ain't no way, brother, you can be walking with God, getting locked up like that, being in prison, can't eat, eating and you know can't find something to eat and sleepy and and being left out in the deep like that. And all. Man, something must be wrong with you, Paul. No, the Apostle Paul was right in the will of God." He was a man who walked with God, who loved God, who served God with all of his heart. Paul was abused. He was beaten. He went through all of this doing the will of God. Not because he was being disobedient to the call, but because he was obedient to the call. Now, and so this is Paul's journey. And watch this. You don't hear Paul. Now, Paul, in this particular passage of Scripture, y'all stay with me. I just got a few more minutes. Come on, stay with me. But, but listen, you don't hear Paul in this particular passage saying stuff like, well, this ain't my year. I'm going, this ain't my year. Oh, God. I just, I mean, you know, what you see is a man that has really embraced what God is doing in his life. Paul understood because all that mattered to Paul was the man that I'm doing what pleases God. And watch this. Because Paul was doing what pleased God, and because he stayed the course, Paul had the power of God. I'm going to show you here in a second. Paul had the power and the revelation of God like no other servant had. You don't see him complaining. You You don't see him upset. You just see Paul stating the fact. Brother, here's what I've gone through. But let me tell you something, why Paul, I And mean, I don't know why God put us, you might say earlier that we don't always know why God put us through what he put us through, but we know this, that God is putting us through it and he's allowing us to go through it because in his infinite wisdom, somehow, some way, he believes that we need it. And how many know that the ministry calling on Paul's life required that he go through some of the things he had to go through because Paul had to be a man that understood how to be alone. So the way that God had to listen, God put him in a situation where Paul was alone. Paul had to be a man who knew who had to still minister in situations where he was being threatened. So Paul had the responsibility of preaching his gospel in a hostile environment to people that were going to destroy him. So God had to build him up. God had to prepare him. And so what does God do to prepare Paul for his ministry? He let Paul go through all of this stuff. Why? Because the intensity of the calling requires intense training. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying this morning? Paul experienced a lot of what he experienced because of the ministry that God and assignment that God placed on his life. So Paul went through all that. And I want to say this to you, that some of what you're going through, you might not think is necessary, but God knows where he's taking you. And so in order for God to wean all that stuff out of your life and get you where he wants to get you, he lets you go through certain things in order to fulfill a certain calling, a certain purpose. A certain destination that he's taking every one of you. And you know what, church? It's different for every person in here, what God is doing. Every, I mean, it's different for every one of us. And so Paul, who was this man who was so, so we look at Paul's I man, how did Paul get so strong like that? How did Paul, how did Paul, I man? How, how could he face all that adversity? How could he be? Because he, because God put him through it. Because God allowed him to go through adversity so that he can withstand adversity. See, there are certain things in your life that you'll be able to do that I'll never be able to do. There are certain people that you'll be able to reach that I will never be able to reach because I haven't been equipped to do it. Y- y'all understand what I'm saying? Because God, because, because God hasn't put me in that particular vein. So there are certain things, certain ways that God has wired all of us. Are y'all, y'all, here when was, are y'all hearing this this morning? I'm not sure if I'm getting through. But, but, but you got to understand it. So some of us, you're going through some of the things you're going through because the ministry that God has for you is going to require that, that, that you go through that training, that you go through that hardship, that you go through that trial, that you go through that situation. And this is why you ought to rejoice no matter what's going on in your life because God is taking you someplace. Finally, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 and 10. Paul, because he was, <laughs> because he walked with God and he was faithful to what God called him to do. The Bible says here that, that, that Paul, he, he had gotten so much revelation. I mean, Paul could have been easily a very prideful man. How many know God knows all of us? Y'all, y'all know what I'm saying? God knows, sometimes God don't give some of us stuff that we want because he knows it'll mess us up. Aren't you glad that God is good like that? Ain't you, aren't you glad? Is anybody in the house glad that God withholds some things from us? Have anybody ever looked back and thought to yourself, man, I'm glad God didn't give me. I'm glad God. I mean, you thought you loved him. You thought you loved her. You thought he was the one. And, boy, you look back now, 15, 20 years ago, thank God that wasn't the one. I, 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 I'm, I'm glad, boy. I, I did real good over here to my right. I mean, I, I, I remember, I, remember I, mean, I was in high school, man, that's the one right there. I don't want her. I don't want her. Today she has no teeth, she has no hair, she's messed up. She's mad, she's angry. Don't want nothing to do with God. And God gave me a woman that was fit, tailored for me. She's the only woman for me. Are y'all hearing that? He gave her for me. That's what God does. So, God sometimes, God don't give you what you want. He gives you what you're supposed to have because He's a good God. And a good God is not going to just give you whatever you want. A good parent don't just give your child whatever they want. You give them what they need. You give them what's good for them. If you don't give them what's good for them, you can't really say you love them. I know it's hard, but how I many know love does it right? Be given what's good. And God does that. He gave us Christ. Paul, he says, because of the abundance of revelation. Look at here in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, and we're finishing up now. Look at this. Paul says, lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations. Paul got so much revelation. Look at this. He says, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me. Now, we don't know where the thorn is. There's some, there some uh, theologians, and, you know, a lot of folks would say that they believe Paul had an eye problem because, you know, when he had that encounter on the road to Damascus, you know, he was blinded. And so a lot of people think part of the thorn was he had, he had an eye issue, and sometimes he wrote letters he wrote with really, really big handwriting. So a lot of people think it was that. We don't really know, but whatever it was, it was some sickness, some illness, some infirmity, some issue that Paul really thought to himself, listen to this, church, I can do without this. Is anybody sitting here today that you're going through some things right now, and you say, I can do without this? <laughs> I don't, God, in fact, God, if you get, me, get, get this out of my way, I can serve you better. <laughs> God, God, as far as I'm concerned, God, if you get this out of my way, I'll do a whole lot better. i just, just get this out of my way. Uh, Paul said in verse number 8, he said, concerning this infirmity, he said, watch this. He says, I pleaded with the Lord three times. Now, how many know that if Paul, when Paul prayed, Paul was the kind of brother, he can get a prayer to God. Y'all understand what I'm saying? So Paul was so serious that he wanted to get rid of this thing. He prayed to God three times, and I don't believe it was, Lord, please get. I believe there were hard, core, seeking, crying, pleading. Three times Paul said, I went to God. God, will you please? Some of you, you've been saying, God, will you Please. Please get this out of my way. Please remove this thing from me. Please nigga. God, will you please? God said to, God says to you the same thing he said to the apostle Paul. God said to Paul, no, I ain't going to remove that, son. <gasps> Why not, God? I mean, after all that I've been through serving you, I mean, I tithe. I come to church. I serve. I do what I'm to. I'm a good Christian. Now, yeah, Paul was a good Christian too. Glad you joined the company. But look what God said to him. He says, He said, no. he, said, he, said he said to Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. Look at this. For, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. You see, some things God don't want to get you out of. And some things God's been saying you—you've been asking God. You've been, you've been praying for years about certain? And God said, "Nope." He says, "Watch this. My grace is sufficient." How, how many know you don't know what God is protecting you? From? You don't know what God is. How many know part of the excitement about walking with God is we don't know what He's doing. Hey, just put on your seatbelt and enjoy the ride as a Christian. This thing gonna get crazy. You have no idea. He says, but my grace is sufficient. Paul, you are a strong man of God. You have experienced a lot, Paul, but in this particular thing, Paul, and and listen, and here's a man that prayed for other people and healed them. Take that. I mean, I can pray, I can pray for for Diva and, and, and heal. And then I pray, I can't get healed. What up, God? What up? I mean, I, my life been hanging in the balance. I mean, I'm praying for people all over and they're getting healed. What about me? All these, can I get a miracle? Can a brother get a miracle? No, you don't hear Paul saying nothing like that. Paul, Paul got the word, God said to Paul, My grace, Paul, is sufficient for you. Then he looked at what Paul says. Paul said it this way. He says, now watch this. He says, therefore, here it is. Well, Paul got that revelation. He says, okay, okay, oh. God said no. He says, my grace. Oh, I realized something. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities. Oh, wait a minute. I take pleasure? Why would he say such a a thing? You take pleasure in infirmities? You take pleasure in sickness, hardship, diseases? You take pleasure in infirmities? Paul says, in reproaches. Watch this. Reproaches. Being reproached. In knees. (laughs) Anybody got any knees? (laughs) Paul said, I'm glad. I got needs. I don't see nobody jumping up like that when he got needs. Usually I see people saying, oh, I got help, Lord, help, help. He said, in need, watch that. In persecution. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, I take pleasure. I'm being persecuted. Yes, yes. This is what Paul was saying. In distress, oh, I love. It. Oh, I think. Oh, I'm distressed. Oh, boy. Oh, in distress is great. Watch now. Why, why, Paul? What's wrong with you, boy? Why? He says. He says. For when I am weak, here it is. Then I'm strong. Paul understood that 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 that, 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 that the level. Of, of, of blessing and strength that will come in his life, that it was gonna come through his ability to be able to withstand some trials and some hardship. And if Paul wanted the anointing, Paul understood, and you gotta understand this thing, church. If you're gonna do what God called you to do, you need his power, you need his anointing, you need his grace. Paul said, when I discover this, when I'm at my weakest point, then I'm strong. Why? Because God's power is bearing down on me. So in this particular journey, Paul was saying, I welcome all of it. He's not walking saying, this wasn't my year. I don't want. No, Paul is reflecting. He's thinking about it. And he says, you know what? God, I thank you. Because now today, how many of you can say, how many of you can say that you're stronger today because of what you went through in the past? Come on, you're stronger today. You feel the power of God in your life. And so Paul, Paul understood this, and guess what he did? He stopped praying to get out. <laughs> he started saying, watch this. Sometimes God don't want you to pray to get out. God wants you to pray to give you the grace to get through it. Sometimes. I know everybody say, well, we want out. But sometimes God said, no, I don't want you out. I just want you to pray for the strength to get, to get through it because, because what I'm going to do with you, I'm going to put power. I'm going to give you a revelation. I'm going to use you in such a significant way that I need you to be in a certain place in your heart, in your spirit, so you will experience this. But when you come out on the other end, oh, you're going to be looking good. You are going to have the power of God on your life like never before. So watch this, church. So in 2016, I say 2016 was a good year. I say 2016 was a good Why was it a good year? Because God was working in my life all through 2016. And you know what? In 2017, I believe it's going to be an even greater year because God is going to work in my life in a greater way. And so you know what? I am oozing with excitement. Because I'm always living and walking in the presence of God. So this is, listen, so our time is always our time. Our time is always now. Amen, church? If you received that today, come on, give Jesus a praise clap so you receive it. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed.